0: Uh, so, anyways, back to uh, this is part two of my Survivor Series slash wrestling chat, uh, and I uh, when we left the last one, I was talking about yeah how how devastating it was to watch wrestlers go to WCW in the nineties, and today it's not today I I it's almost the opposite feeling, and it's because WCW in the nineties was garbage, it was a, it was just a cheap imitate it really was it was like the knockoff generic brand they had cheaper uh tv production values crappier cameras crappier effects it's just everything about it was just cheap it was just second rate it was just like southern hillbilly wrestling show and yeah you had rick flair and you had sting and you had some of the big names and uh and then they got hulk hogan because they didn't know what else to do and it was just you know Dustin Rhodes, he's the natural, they call him the Nat. It was just like every theme song was like a country music song. just crap. It really sucked. And then they said, oh, you know what? Why don't we just get Vince McMahon's wrestlers and uh, and then people will just watch us who don't really know what's going on and they'll just see Hulk Hogan and they'll see Randy Savage and they'll say, oh, oh, WWF is on. And they'll just watch our show. And that's kind of what happened. And uh, but then they were smart, and they got wrestlers from Japan and wrestlers from Mexico, and wrestlers you know they just they did really what Vince McMahon did over the last five or six years, where they WWE just scoured the independent leagues and Ring of Honor and New Japan and brought in all this talent so that they just had them, even though they didn't know what to do with half of them, and they still don't, and a bunch of them ended up just getting released anyways, or going nowhere and so. So yeah, so now, so, so it's it's different, but back then WCW was just such crap, and then and then when you know the new generation of WWF came along in the nineties, ninety three to ninety seven really, um, but it started in nineteen ninety two. It was really nineteen ninety two is the first year that Hulk Hogan didn't hold a title in like ten years. It was Macho Man. It was Ric Flair, and then it ended. Nineteen ninety two ended with Bret Hart winning the championship. Like whoa. Bret Hart is now the top guy in WWF, and then it was a shift to other guys like Bret Hart. So now you're seeing in the '80s the main event of the pay per view was Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant and King Kong Bundy and the Ultimate Warrior and just big, you know, earthquake. It was just these big dudes who were not really necessarily good wrestlers. They didn't have good matches, but it wasn't. You 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 saw the the sports entertainment was in the main event. It was the big huge guys the larger than life guys meeting and they were all clash of the titans and before that it was down lower on the card was the bret harts and and these guys who could actually wrestle mr perfect and all these other guys who actually could wrestle and put on a, a really good match the new generation of the 90s is now those mid-card guys who really otherwise in the 80s wouldn't have gotten any farther than being Intercontinental Champion. Now they're the now they're the world champion. Now it's Bret Hart. And it's Shawn Michaels. And uh, and it's younger guys. And it's guys who are athletic and guys who can actually wrestle. Bret Hart, you know, the greatest wrestler of all time, Shawn Michaels. Two, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, two greatest wrestlers of all time. And then it's big guys who can't, aren't just you know past their prime and just standing there holding the ropes to keep their balance like Andre the Giant, who shouldn't have probably been in the ring during those last few years. Uh, now it's big guys like Yokozuna, who's 600 pounds and can fly around the ring and is so nimble and so fast and so athletic, even though he's 600 pounds. And uh, you know, Big Undertaker, Diesel, Bam Bam Bigelow, Vader, all these. Razor Ramon big dudes who can actually have really great matches uh and and Bret Hart you know look at the 90s most of the good matches have Bret Hart in them and the other ones that don't have Shawn Michaels in them pretty much and that's what the new generation was all about and then in 1995 1996 then suddenly new generation guys started leaving to go to WCW first with Lex Luger which was like, oh, that's shocking, but okay, you know, can live without him. I really, I was a big fan of Lex Luger, but he wasn't doing too much in that that last those last uh, few months, anyways. So like, okay, well, that's it for Lex Luger. He's in WCW now, fine. Then it was you know some other guys here and there, like yeah, okay. And then it's like, oh man, Razor Ramon and Diesel are are leaving, and now they're in WCW, and then the one two three kid, and then Jeff Jarrett. And then Rowdy, Roddy Piper, and Mister Perfect, and all these guys. Like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're taking all the, all the guys that I was tuning in to watch. Half of them. And then in 1997, so well, hey, at least you still have Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. And then the 1997 Survivor Series, Bret Hart gets screwed out of the title. It's announced before that that Vince can't afford to pay him the 20 year, uh, million dollar a year, $20 year, twenty million dollar contract that he gave Bret Hart. Uh, a year into it, he said, "I can't afford this, and you're free to go. Sign with WCW. I'll let you out of your contract." And and they finished up. He screwed him out of the title. So not only did he say, "Hey, I can't afford you. You can just leave," but then he he fucked him on the way out the door. You wonder why Brent Hart was so bitter for so long. And uh, yeah, just only only the greatest of all time being totally totally fucked on the way out of of WWF. But yeah, while it was happening, Shimo and Nate and I were in the kitchen getting a snack, having a chat, having a chit chat, and we missed the whole thing live. And had to go back and rewind the tape to see it. It's crazy, but uh, yeah, some Survivor Series memories. But nowadays, when when wrestlers, it's the opposite because WWE WWE has yeah, you know, five years ago it was like, oh my gosh, Shinsuke Nakamura, oh my god, AJ Styles, oh my god, Kevin Steen. Oh my God, this Robert Roode, Samoa Joe. Oh my God, they've all these, all these, Adam Cole, baby. All these top talents are now in either NXT or in WWE. It's like, oh my God, they have everybody. Prince Devitt, they have everybody. This is like, this is like a dream come true. They're finally figuring out, like, we want to see these young up and comers. And maybe it's time, maybe we're going to not see any more of the old timers and, the you know, maybe this is time to get, like, an actual new generation of stars in here. And then, of course, in 2016, <laughs> hey, Goldberg's coming back. <laughs> and he's going to win the world title. Uh, and he's going to be the guy. Not any young up-and-comer, but Goldberg is going to be the one. 50-year-old Goldberg is going to be the guy who can pin Brock Lesnar. Not anybody else. Not even John Cena. Not anybody. Just Goldberg. Yay. And then, of course, over the course of the over the course of the last uh, four, three, four years, a lot of those guys who came into the WWE are now filtering out. They're going to AEW. They're going here. They're going there. They're being released because they had no idea what to do with these people, and they just kind of floundered and went nowhere. And so now it's like, oh, now it's the opposite. Now I want people to leave. <laughs> now I want people to leave WWE because they're not doing anything in WWE and I know they can actually go and have like a have a great match in someplace else, anyplace else. Literally any place else. So but I watched the Survivor series because I after a few podcasts in previous weeks where I'm sitting here saying like, yeah, I'm just not into just not into WWE anymore. It's just not for me. Over the weekend I, I gave it a good shot and watched watched a bunch of episodes of SmackDown And I still will watch it because I forget how good Roman Reigns is and Paul Heyman. And I forget how good The New Day, Big E, Xavier Woods, Kofi Kingston, how good those guys are. And that's honestly, it's it's that's about all I got. I was, you know, it was a lot of fast-forwarding otherwise. Shinsuke Nakamura, that's another guy. How in the hell? Kurt Angle recently was talking about how he doesn't understand how they how they haven't done more with Shinsuke Nakamura. This was was probably the most excited I've been for somebody to come to WWE. He came to NXT in 2016, I think. And had, you know, maybe potentially the match of the year with Sami Zayn. Became NXT champion a year later. Debuts in WWE in 2017. Wins the 2018 Royal Rumble. Eliminates Roman Reigns and John Cena to win. It's like, okay. They see... They see what this guy's all about. He's gonna be a star. He wins the Royal Rumble, and then he goes to WrestleMania and has the title match with AJ Styles, and he doesn't win. And then he turns heel, and then it's like, and then they just have him in like various tag teams and just not doing anything. And I look at that, I'm like, what? Now at least they kind of are bringing him back around. He's got the, he's got that Rick Rick Buggs, whatever the hell his name is, playing the guitar and. They made him King Nakamura, which was weird because then they had King of the Ring and Xavier Woods won the King of the Ring. So what – you know, they just they – can't, they can't even get out of their own way. It's just crazy. But uh, I, I hope that he's – I hope that he has some kind of main event title, world title run at some point because he should be. So people love this guy. It's like – why are, you, why are you not seeing the reactions that these guys get? It's because Vince McMahon can't stand the fact that some, something that he didn't create, quote-unquote, himself, is beloved. That's why he hated the old NXT. That's why he got rid of the old NXT, because Triple H had everything to do with that. Well, not everything, but a good amount. To, and I'm the last guy who wants to compliment Triple H, because I can't stand that dude either. But the shit that he did for NXT, building those stars, giving them a, a real stage to, to shine on, it was amazing. And then Vince came in with his axe and chopped it all to bits. And I tried watching NXT 2, 2.0 last night. I've never watched it before. I tried watching it, and it's it's unwatchable. It's really, and now NXT 2.0 has the same shitty camera, shaky back and forth. Why are they, why? Why does the camera need to do that? That is not enhancing your product. It's not. It's just making people dizzy. It's making me car sick. <laughs> Oh, eight guys are fighting in the ring. We better have the camera shake back and forth, back and forth. Let's go crazy. Let's cut to camera one, camera two, camera three, camera three, camera one, camera two. Stop. Anyway, so I watched the Survivor Series, and I I try to just turn off my brain and say, whatever happens, I'm just going to enjoy it. Like in the old days, like when I was 12, anything that WWF did, I just enjoyed it. I didn't care. And looking back on it now, so much of it is just Trash. But I, I love it because now it's 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 covered in a nice shiny coat of nostalgia that can't be removed. So I I like anything that I watch from <laughs> terrible pay per views like the '94 Survivor Series. It's a terrible pay per view, but I love it. I love that pay per view. And uh, and yeah, N- and now I watch WWE. And I, so I watched the Survivor Series on Sunday, and it was fine. And I enjoyed it. I I enjoyed the elimination match. I enjoyed the Battle Royal. Charlotte versus Becky. It was good. Um, And then I even tried to watch Raw on Monday. And it was like, you know, I'm just, I'm trying to just go in and expect. I don't even know. It's not even no expectations. It's just like, I'm going to go in assuming that this is going to be terrible trash. And I'm going to watch as much as I can and just try to appreciate it because it's it's not the it's not the wrestlers that I don't like it's just the presentation of those wrestlers so or sports entertainers when i grew up i wanted to be a sports entertainer can you imagine though having to go to a company and say that the biggest wrestling company in the world and you can't say wrestling or wrestlers and you have to sit there and say yes when i was a little kid i would watch sports entertainment every saturday i would turn on sports entertainment and just dream about being a sports entertainer. Nobody said that. I want to be a wrestler. I want to be a pro wrestler. I watch pro wrestling. Anyway, Survivor Series, it's always fun though to go back and watch the old ones, watch the classics, watch ones that I haven't seen in a long time, and watch stuff that I haven't seen ever. There's some stuff that I've never seen. I just I wasn't ordering it on pay-per-view and you know, a lot of the recent stuff is on WWE Network and it's like, eh, I'll watch it later. <laughs> I don't often catch it. Although next year's Survivor Series is going to be in Boston. So I would say there's a very good chance I will see the Survivor Series next year. I think we'll I think we'll probably attend that. Of course, next year's Survivor Series is the Sunday after Thanksgiving, which is like one of the one of the more depressing Sundays of the year. Um, so that's exciting. Instead of uh instead of the Sunday before Thanksgiving, where you can stay up late, go see the wrestling, and be like, eh, just got to make it through a couple days. No big deal. We'll we'll, we'll recover over the Thanksgiving holiday. Now it's like, all right, Thanksgiving holiday is over. We should be going to bed at 7 p.m., and now we're going to go to the Survivor Series. So I'm thinking maybe next year, the Monday after Thanksgiving, will also be a day off. And in fact, I would guarantee it, if in fact we do go to the Survivor Series. All right, just wanted to pop in and talk about Survivor Series. That's it. Oh, and the other thing, that's right. Where was this guy? Who is this? Uh, Matthew Judon in the NFL. He's a Patriots linebacker. His quote, it's just cheese and noodles. It's not that good. Get macaroni and cheese off the table at Thanksgiving. It's disgusting. Get it off the table. I've never had macaroni and cheese on any, I don't think at any Thanksgiving meal that I've ever been to or taken part in. I don't think there's ever been mac and cheese. But why would you say that? Of all the brown and gray trash that's served at Thanksgiving, this piping hot plate of deliciousness that's known as macaroni and cheese, that's what this dude's talking about. They serve moist bread heated inside a turkey's anus and this, this is the food that has to go. Not stuffing. Hot butt bread from a turkey. Oh, keep that. Wet hot butt bread. Mmm, keep that on the table. Mushy, creamy green beans. Yeah, mmm. Don't take away my green bean casserole. But mac and cheese. And he says it like it's a, it's just cheese and noodles. Yeah, it's just two of the best things that you could put in your mouth. And it has to go, get out of here, dude. Give me, give me my damn cheese and noodles. Or at least don't give me stuffing and green bean casserole. My God. Anyway, you stink, Matthew Judon. You don't know anything about Thanksgiving. You don't know anything. All right, out of here. See ya.